0: Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin. Each week we take a dive into the words and wisdom of Scripture to see how we can apply them to our everyday lives. It often amazes me to find that wherever we choose to engage the ancient stories and teachings of the Bible, that we can find applicable messages for today and for our own lives. In today's Bible passage, we encounter Jesus preparing his disciples to deal with his impending death. Unsurprisingly, this is not a message that his loyal followers want to or are prepared to hear. Listen then to how Jesus turns a painful message of despair into a message of hope and even joy. The reading is from the 16th chapter of John. Jesus said to them, A little while, and you will no longer see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me. Then some of his disciples said to one another, What does he mean by saying to us, A little while, and you will no longer see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me. And because I'm going to the Father. They said, What does he mean by this? a little while. We don't know what he's talking about. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him, so he said to them, Are you discussing among yourselves what I meant when I said, a little while and you will no longer see me, and again a little while and you will see me? Very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn, but the world will rejoice. You will have pain, but your pain will turn into joy. When a woman is in labor, she has pain because her hour has come. But when her child is born, she no longer remembers the anguish because of the joy of having brought a human being into the world. So you have pain now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Today I'd like to begin by reading a classic poem from the past. Casey at the Bat Written in 1888 by Ernest Lawrence Thayer The outlook wasn't brilliant for the Mudville Nine that day. The score stood 4-2, with but one inning more to play. And then when Cooney died at first and Barrows did the same, a pall like silence fell upon the patrons of the game. A straggling few got up to go in deep despair. The rest clung to that hope which springs eternal in the human breast. They thought, if only Casey could get a whack at that, we'd put up even money now with Casey at the bat. But Flynn preceded Casey, as did also Jimmy Blake, and the former was a hoodoo while the latter was a cake. So upon that stricken multitude grim melancholy sat, for there seemed but little chance of Casey getting to the bat. But Flynn let drive a single to the wonderment of all, and Blake, the much despised "'tore the cover off the ball. "'And when the dust had lifted "'and men saw what had occurred, "'there was Jimmy safe at second "'and Flynn a-huggin' third. "'Then from five thousand throats "'and more there rose a lusty yell. "'It rumbled through the valley, "'it rattled in the dell. "'It pounded on the mountain "'and recoiled from the flat. "'For Casey, mighty Casey, "'was advancing to the bat.' There was ease in Casey's manner as he stepped into his place. There was pride in Casey's bearing, and a smile at Casey's face. And when, responding to the cheers, he lightly doffed his hat, no stranger in the crowd could doubt t'was Casey at the bat. Ten thousand eyes were on him as he rubbed his hands with dirt. Five thousand tongues applauded when he wiped them on his shirt. Then... While the writhing pitcher ground the ball into his hip, defiance flashed in Casey's eye, a sneer curled Casey's lip. And now the leather-covered sphere came hurtling through the air, and Casey stood a-watching it in haughty grandeur there. Close by the sturdy batsman, the ball unheeded sped. That ain't my style, said Casey. Strike one, the umpire said. From the benches black with people, there went up a muffled roar, like the beating of the storm waves on a stern and distant shore. "'Kill him! Kill the umpire!' shouted someone in the stand. And it's likely they'd have killed him, had not Casey raised his hand. With a smile of Christian charity, great Casey's visage shone. He stilled the rising tumult. He bade the game go on. He signaled to the pitcher, and once more the dun sphere flew— but Casey still ignored it, and the umpire said, "'Strike two! "'Fraud!' cried the maddened thousands, and Echo answered, "'Fraud!' But one scornful look from Casey, and the audience was awed. They saw his face grow stern and cold, they saw his muscles strain, and they knew that Casey wouldn't let that ball go by again. The sneer has fled from Casey's lip, His teeth are clenched in hate. He pounds with cruel violence his bat upon the plate. And now the pitcher holds the ball, and now he lets it go, and now the air is shattered by the force of Casey's blow. Oh, somewhere in this favored land the sun is shining bright. The band is playing somewhere, and somewhere hearts are light, and somewhere men are laughing, and little children shout. But there is no joy in Mudville. Mighty Casey has struck out. I read that poem today in honor of the thousands of Green Bay Packers fans who recently watched with the intensity of Casey's Mudville fans as their team fell to Tampa Bay and their hopes for advancing to Super Bowl 55 evaporated. Oh, somewhere in this favored land, the sun was shining bright. But there was no joy in Green Bay. The mighty Packers had struck out. This is an ageless scenario. The home team poised at the brink of catastrophe, while the fans hold their breath in anticipation, as the hero steps up, keeping that hope alive. The crowd shouts recriminations at the officials of the game, as they pronounce rulings against the powerful figure who stands tall until the game hangs on one final act. But then, to the horror of the fans, the mighty hero falls, and the joy and cheers are sucked from the crowd. Their mighty Casey has struck out. In this case, settling for a field goal with two minutes to go, and their failure to hold Tampa Bay on their ensuing drive sealed Green Bay's fate. At the end of the day, in any championship, only one team's season will not end in a final loss. Around the league, around the nation, many more fans are cast down in defeat than lifted up in victory. Uproarious cheers will be changed to crypt-like silence. The fans who had been lifting celebratory beers during the game will start downing them to drown their pain. Casey at the bat leaves us with the image of a joyless Mudville. We can picture the muttering fans grimly filing from the stands, and this captures the suddenness of defeat sucking the air out of that hopeful moment. It's a feeling of shock and disappointment that all of us had felt after experiencing losses of many kinds. What is missing from the story this poem tells is any hope of redemption or restoration or joy. The story ends here. All that's left our shattered expectations. I presented that poem in my lament to the Green Bay Packers as an admittedly trivial analogy to the scene presented in our gospel reading from today in which Jesus tells his disciples that he's going to be taken from them, that he's going to die. His mission will end. See, Jesus had earned hero status in their eyes, They'd witnessed him heal the sick, change water to wine, and even raise the dead. they had come to believe that he was the promised Savior, the Messiah sent from God to rescue them from evil worldly powers, and even the power of death. He was a mighty hero. And now as those powers close in on him, they expect him to rise heroically in the moment but he doesn't even take his place at the bat. He as much as tells them he's going to strike out. Like Casey, the hero will fall. Unlike our pessimistic poem, however, we are not left with shock and despair, but with the promise of redemption. Jesus acknowledges that there will be suffering to face. There will be death and loss and pain. With that loss, however, comes the promise of restoration. Pain will turn to joy. Knowing how the story will end, we know that new life will follow death. Life, not death, will have the final say. Jesus uses the analogy of pain and anguish of a woman going through labor. The memory of what is probably the most painful experience a person can experience, childbirth, will be erased by the joy that comes with the bringing of a new life into the world. This is not a one-off event. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ illustrates a fundamental principle of existence. Death is not ever the end. Death is always the beginning. Suffering is not permanent. Life is eternal. Life is renewable. Now this in no way minimizes suffering and loss. Jesus acknowledges that. The fictional fans in Mudville had every reason to be sad. The real-life Green Bay fans are allowed their time of sadness and hurt. A long, hard season had just gone down the drain. But even in this bitter loss, a moment's reflection will tell us that this defeat is not final. As Chicago Cubs fans sighed at the end of every losing season for over a century, there's always next year. If sports has any profound lessons to teach us, it's that character is not defined by winning, but how we respond to losing. Jesus was crucified. After his death, his disciples slunk away in despair. But that was not the end of the story. After his rising from the grave, they not only went on with life, they were emboldened by the Holy Spirit, which never knows final defeat. Although Jesus left them on their own again, his followers went on to found a movement, guided by faith, that changed the world and is still changing the world 2,000 years later. A movement based on love and hope. We all have a choice. In every defeat, we can be given to despair and give up. Or in defeat, we can find hope and begin looking for the promise of a new future that lies ahead. Take a moment to think about the disappointments and losses that you're facing in your life right now. You may be beaten down by isolation caused by the COVID pandemic or facing a medical crisis of some other kind. You may be discouraged to see the political forces that threaten to tear our nation in two. Your personal life and relationships may be in shambles, or maybe you're just one of those disappointed Packer fans. So then try to look past the suffering and loss and envision a new future, a new beginning, a new season. What would that look like? What will it look like? Faith is about having the courage to hope remember Jesus' words to his disciples they are for us too you have pain now but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one no one will take your joy from you again amen thank you for joining me today May God bless you and keep you. May God raise you out of your troubles and give you peace and joy.